Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, The other day I said that the real journalists, the real journalists, I said behind this microphone, are these men and women, these war correspondents, who go into these danger zones and do what they do. They are remarkable. They are old-time journalists. Not the people who sit on the Sunday shows, the people who sit at their desks in air-conditioned comfort and endlessly pontificate. Those are not journalists. Those are frauds and phonies. But these men and women who you see in these war zones, they're the real thing. And they put their lives on the line, as has become, uh, unfortunately, quite obvious. Quite obvious. As Fox has lost two of its finest. And we still don't know the situation with Benjamin Hall, the reporter, the British reporter. I believe he has dual citizenship, the United States and... uh, and Britain. Uh, the best we know is that a Ukrainian prosecutor indicated that his extremist he's have been severely damaged. I assume by that she means his legs, perhaps his arms, but they shot at this van, tried to take it out, and obviously killed several journalists. And uh, Bill Hemmer at Fox announced this this morning. 
as follows. Cut eight, go. And we've got some very difficult news to share with you now. Fox News cameraman Pierre Shashevsky has died in Ukraine. Uh, he was working with our Benjamin Hall when incoming fire hit their vehicle outside of Kiev. The picture you see right here uh, was taken just a short time ago with Steve Harrigan and others in the capital city. Uh, Pierre Zakshevsky was an absolute legend at this network and his losses devastating. He has been with us for years, covering wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. Our CEO, Suzanne Scott, noted a few moments ago that Pierre jumped in to help out with all sorts of roles in the field, photographer and engineer and editor and producer. And he did it all under immense pressure and with tremendous skill. The president of Fox, Jay Wallace, says that everyone always felt an extra sense of reassurance when they arrived on the scene and they saw that Pierre was there. He was a professional, he was a journalist, and he was a friend. We here at the Fox News Channel want to offer our deepest condolences to Pierre's wife, Michelle, and his entire family. Pierre Zakshevsky was only 55 years old, and we miss him already. And they were killed by Putin and Putin's war machine, which is what I might have added, but I didn't know the gentleman. I didn't know any of these people. But here's the thing. Uh, the fact of the matter is that um, when you're an on-air broadcaster, whether you're one of these real correspondents in these war zones, or whether you're a host in an air-conditioned room or what have you, you rely on a staff. Some have large staff, some have small staffs. I have a very small staff, but very, very important people to get you on television or to get you on radio or to get you on digital television. And these people work very hard behind the scenes and most of them are unknown to you. Their names are unknown, their faces are unseen. But without them, it doesn't happen. Like Mr. Producer here, Mr. Call Screener. Or when it comes to Live In TV, we have a crew they by our man Dave Paderouche and Josh and Chris and so many others, Claire. And same with our Fox show. With Dave Paderouche and Tara and so many others. So these are the behind the scenes people who make it possible to do what we do or we can't get it done. We get all the glory or sometimes all the gory, you never know. The glory plus our necks are on the line, so it just depends. But they don't, so I just wanted to point that out. And there was a very brave, and there is, Russian state TV editor. I know I won't pronounce her name properly, but I'll give it a shot. Maria Avzianakova. She pre-recorded a message before she interrupted a live broadcast with a stop the, sign, the war sign. And she was in court today after having done that because she faces 10 years in prison at a minimum. And she is a hero. She is brave. Let's go to cut 
seven, and you'll hear a translator. Go ahead. What's happening now in Ukraine is a crime, and Russia is the aggressor country. And the responsibility for this aggression lies on the conscience of only one person. This man is Vladimir Putin. My father is Ukrainian, my mother is Russian, and they have never been enemies. And this necklace on my neck is a symbol of the fact that Russia must immediately stop this fratricidal war, so our fraternal nations will still be able to reconcile. Go to the rallies, and do not be afraid. They cannot arrest us all. They have arrested, it's estimated, already 10,000 protesters, each of whom is subject to up to eight years or more in prison for disagreeing with the government. 10,000 or so protesters. And he has his secret police going all through the major cities, hunting down activists, hunting down leaders of various groups that are considered subversive. I don't know if they've taken their checking accounts and savings accounts like they did in Canada, taking them do- their dogs from them. I don't know what they're doing. But there is no Bill of Rights and there is no due process. That much I do know. To be a protester in the United States really takes no guts whatsoever. To be a protester in Russia, you put your life on the line. In that of your family. And this brave young woman is also correct. Many of the people are Russian and Ukrainian because over the centuries there hasn't been such a clear line of demarcation between these two countries. My own background is mostly Russian with Ukrainian. I don't know that much about it, because beyond the early 1900s or late 1800s, I don't know what the hell took place. I just don't. But I don't really care. I try and argue what's right from my point of view. From my perspective. We're having a lot of impact on this program. You will remember I said the other day that my goal here is to push back. It's the pushback against the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the Democrat Party, the Putin surrogates in the media. And I think it's been having an effect, and we've been doing this for weeks now, if not months. The media try and make this a battle between me and one or two of my Fox colleagues. That has nothing to do with it. They can't help themselves. That's just nonsense. I'm talking to you. 14 and a half million of you. If I wanted to talk to one of my colleagues, I'd pick up the phone. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. This is a crucially important discussion and debate in this country that we're having right now. That's what we are engaged in. Nothing more, nothing less. With serious, serious consequences for the future. And I'm noticing more and more that people are understanding that you cannot allow Putin to determine the nature of the battlefield. You cannot allow Putin to decide what armaments will be used by the people he seeks to destroy and kill. You cannot allow the fear of escalation to destroy the respect of deterrence. You cannot ignore the 
the fact that there is an axis of evil that does in fact exist right now as it did prior to World War II. Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow. There's simply no question about it. You cannot ignore the fact that we have a a wide strain of isolationism in this country. A wide strain of isolationism in this country were with the same arguments, very same arguments, not similar, same arguments that were made in the 1930s, even the early 40s, before we were hit in Pearl Harbor are being made today. It's not just Democrats, it's Republicans too. It's not just Marxists, it's Libertarians too. It's not just nationalists, it's populists, or whatever people call themselves. For me, it's simple. This isn't an ideological matter. I don't care where you stand in the political spectrum. This is a matter of how you analyze the security of this nation and how you maximize it. You do not ignore history. You do not ignore experience. You do not ignore reality. You do not ignore the, the psychopaths that we confront, and that's what they are, whether in North Korea, China, Russia, or Tehran. You don't pretend appeasement or passivity or pacifism or isolationism is going to, is going to ensure that your son, that your daughter, that your grandchildren don't go to war. In fact, history has demonstrated to us the opposite. We have people in Ukraine who want to fight. Who want to defend themselves and their families and their homeland. We have people in Ukraine who have experienced freedom and representative government and private property rights, unalienable rights of the sort we talk about in the Declaration. They're being slaughtered, they're being crushed. They're putting up a great fight. And yet we're told effectively that they're not allowed to win. They're not even allowed to hold the Russians in a stalemate. And so they deny the weapons that they say they need. I don't care what Milley says they need. That man is a fool. I don't care what Blinken says they need. That man's a fool. And until they get our 9,000 American citizens out of Afghanistan, I don't want to hear from those people. And I don't want to hear from Joe Biden. If he had his way, Osama bin Laden would still be alive. Damnable fool. While he's giving nukes to the Iranians. With the Russians as the lead negotiating party on our behalf. I don't embrace people who are literally or close to being insane when it comes to their policies. They said they needed MIGs. They should have gotten their MIGs. That wouldn't have cost a single American their life. Those wouldn't be our pilots. We're not sending in our infantry. We're not sending in our mechanics. They said, we'll do the rest. Just give us some MIGs. Give us 15, 20 MIGs. That's what we need to add to our 50. Biden personally says no. He will be remembered is the man who said no. 
They said, please give us harpoon missiles. They said it in December. December. Before the invasion. They knew that the Russians would use the Black Sea, come up through Crimea, pound their, their seacoast cities, and attack from the south as well as the other sides. Biden said no. He will be remembered for that. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket Constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Polish, Czech, and Slovenian leaders arrive in Ukraine and show support. The leaders will meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky, Prime Minister Shmali in Kiev. An EU aid package is also expected to be present. Uh, presented. Brave men. The leaders of these countries traveled by train to Ukraine to pledge their support. These are the Prime Ministers of Poland, the Czech Republic, Slovenia. They arrived Tuesday to express EU solidarity as Russia continues its assault in Ukraine's capital city. Polish Prime Minister Morawiecki shared a photo from Kiev on social media after arriving, saying it is here in war-torn Kiev that history is being made. It is here that freedom fights against the world of tyranny. It is here that the future of us all hangs in the balance. The leaders will be meeting Zelensky and so forth. And they're right. We didn't choose the time. We didn't choose the place. But this is the time. And that is the place. We do not want to bleed this into NATO countries. We do not want it to bleed beyond those borders. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. 
To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Will China assist Russia or not? Epic Times, Chinese state media signals Beijing won't cooperate with the United States over Ukraine following intense talks with Washington. Seven hours with Jake Sullivan the putative national security advisor to the putative president. Seven hours. What the hell could they possibly talk about for seven hours? Not much. Not much useful. Now that said, the Chinese have just said that they were not planning on assisting, that these are American lies. So who are you going to believe? Well, these would be the same communist Chinese who unleashed the China virus on the world through their lab. It leaked, we are told. We weren't even told that. It came from monkeys or bats, we were told. Flat-out lies, of course. And then blamed the United States. So why would we believe China about anything? This would be the same communist China that violated its agreement with Great Britain in order to destroy Hong Kong. So why would you believe the communist Chinese about anything? Of course the communist Chinese are going to assist Russia. Now they may try and do it in a way that isn't so overt. Why? I don't expect you to remember this. Why would you? But I remember what I say most of the time. Several years ago, I pointed out that we had the ability to do grave damage to China if it attacked us, not just militarily. But we could blow out their financial and banking system. People talk about how we have, they say, about a trillion dollars in debt with China. There's many things you can do to damage a country like China. We are reliant on China for many things, aren't we, Mr. Producer? But that means they're relying on us for a lot of money, aren't they? I'm asked, Mark, what would you do? So I think it's time to tell you what I would do. Now, I don't come to you with a teleprompter or a long page of notes or anything like that. If you watch my show on Life, Liberty, and Levin, or if you watch my show on Levin TV, you will see I don't have a monitor with, with, with a teleprompter. I wouldn't know how to use a damn thing. And it'd be obvious I'm reading off of a screen. I use my brain. I use my brain. There's no teleprompter with me, whether I do TV or radio. There's no long list of notes. I may scratch out a few notes here and there to remind me of subject matters and so forth. But my brain functions just fine. What would I do? Let me think about this. 
First thing I do is call an emergency session of Congress and I give a speech. Not to give a speech to create drama, not to give a speech to show the world that I'm great and try and get my poll numbers up. I give a speech. And I had to explain that I want an emergency session of Congress to significantly in- increase defense spending. Immediately. Immediately. That we now face numerous threats from numerous countries. And that we need to beef up our Air Force, which apparently is running out of F-16s. And get these modern jet fighters, as many as we can, and also these stealth bombers. We need more of them. Well, Mark, it'll take years to do it. doesn't matter. I put us on an intense and aggressive building cycle. We've done it before, and we can do it again. Not because I'm paid off by the defense contractors. Not because I'm a neocon. Not because I'm a warmonger, not because I want to send my kids to war, because of the opposite. Because of the opposite. I'd finish that wall on the southern border as quickly as possible. People who are unemployed, who are capable of working, wouldn't be getting free checks. They would finish the wall for us, down on the southern border. They can contribute to the country in a positive way. And if they don't want to contribute, they don't get checks. No freebies. Except for those, obviously, who can't. What else would I do? I would send significant military equipment to the nation of Taiwan. We've learned a lot from what's going on in Ukraine, too. Harpoon missiles. Because the Chinese are going to need a significant amount of naval ships and offloading personnel carriers to get across the water, as well as a significant amount of air defenses. And they need more jets. What about Ukraine? What would I do? I would immediately, I'd immediately encourage the Poles to go ahead and give the uh, the MiG-29s to the Ukrainians. And not just the Poles, other countries that have these, these old Russian jets and some other jets as soon as possible. And I would pull in my new generals, having gotten rid of Millie and his ilk. And I would ask them what the Ukrainians need. What do they need that we haven't given them? I'm not talking about helmets and clothing. What does the military need in Ukraine? And I'd get it to them. I would rally our country. They have men and women in our own country, who have exercised their unalienable rights, who have exercised their Second Amendment rights, if they have weapons and ammunition that they want to donate to the Ukrainian people, the citizenry, to defend themselves, out of a national effort to collect that wep- those weapons and, those ammun- and the ammunition, 
and get it to the people in Ukraine as fast as possible for potential street-to-street fighting. And would look at Reagan's playbook and the hell he brought the Russians and forced them out of Afghanistan. And I would look carefully at that playbook. I would call Putin. And I would tell him, I don't want to hear another damn thing out of your mouth about nukes. Not another damn thing out of your mouth about nukes. I would tell Putin. If you assassinate the president of Ukraine, we will make sure you're taken out. You play by the rule of law, the, uh, the rules of war, and there are rules of war. And there are Geneva Conventions that prevent certain practices. You either play by the rules or you die by the same method you're applying to other people. I would tell China, you provide any assistance to Russia, we will destroy your financial and economic system. Your banks, your monetary system. I would rally our nation to embrace our capitalist system. To build new factories. To produce the products we need, the medicines we need, that we have outsourced to communist China over the course of the last decade. Build our country internally. Open up the oil and natural gas spigots. Open up the coal mines. Reinforce the electricity grid. That's real infrastructure spending, ladies and gentlemen. Real human infrastructure spending, not redistribution of wealth on various Marxist schemes. Open up our capitalist system. It's the best economic system on the face of the earth. Rather than attacking our defense contractors, they will be told exactly what we need and how much we need and put them to work. And put them to work. That's what I would do. America today, in too many respects, as a result of our government and our media and the American Marxist movements, is depressed. It's like a middle-aged country with a pot belly, depressed, staring at our loafers. Because that's what the left has done to us. We are a young nation. We're a muscular nation. We're red-blooded Americans, regardless of our color. We have reasons to unite. We have issues to unite around. Rally the American people. Rally the American people. No more do you hear from the Putin wing of the Republican Party or the Putinites in the media, the Putin wing of the Democrat Party. Why does Ukraine matter to us? You don't hear that anymore, do you, ladies and gentlemen? No. You don't hear anymore, well, Putin isn't necessarily going to invade Ukraine. You don't hear that anymore either, do you, America? No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't hear anymore that, well, Putin just needs space. 
He needs his space, and we're infringing on his space. You don't hear that anymore. Because it was all bullcrap to begin with. They were all lies to begin with. All propaganda to begin with. Now is the time to embrace the strengths of our country. Our economic strength, our military strength, our ingenuity and creativity. Now is the time to tap into our diversity in order to build unity. Now is the time to strengthen our businesses, whether they be fossil fuel businesses, whether they be developing technologies, whether they be developing weapons, so we're always two, three, four, five steps ahead of the enemy. Now is the time to ignore the isolationists, the pacifists, and the others who have brought us to this point. They have brought us to this point. What do they think Joe Biden is? He surrendered in Afghanistan. He's empowering the Iranians to have nuclear missiles. He refuses to give Taiwan the weapons that they need. He refused to give Ukraine the weapons they need if he's not an isolationist and a pacifist, despite being quote-unquote an internationalist. Then what the hell is he? The reason Putin didn't attack during Trump's presidency is because Trump was not a pacifist. He was not a pushover. He's not a rollover. He didn't want to get into war, but on the other hand, he didn't take any crap. He understood what he had to do. Despite the Lilliputians and the media and the Democrat Party and the Liz Cheney's, Kingsingers, Whitman's, Chris Christie's and all the rest trying to destroy him, shoot him in the back. He led the way. He showed how it's done. He showed how NATO needed to build up. While he was accused of trying to destroy it, he was strengthening it. He showed how to deal with the Iranians, much the way Reagan dealt with the Soviet Union, economically choked them off, which is what he did, and it was working. He showed how to deal with Putin, sanction them, and heavily, and stare them down. How to deal with the North Koreans. People were shocked he met with the guy, but the guy met with him, the inbred, because he feared him. You may have a red button, but I have a bigger button, and ours works. That's what he said. And China is China. He is Xi at Mar-a-Lago. And while they're eating chocolate cake, dessert after dinner, he informs Xi that the United States is attacking Syria for gassing their own people, a red line that Obama refused to enforce. And in that attack, several Russians who were working at that air base died. No discussion about escalation, only deterrence. That's the United States that I know. I'll be right back. Mark in. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now 
at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Anybody out there know why we haven't given the Patriot missile system to the Ukrainians or the Israelis haven't given the Iron Dome to Ukrainians? Anybody out there know why? I can tell you why. Because the Russians don't have that technology yet. They're working on it. They have some of it. And so these missile defense systems are very cutting edge. The Iron Dome was not a system just given to the Israelis by the United States. The Israelis developed it along with the United States in Israel. The Patriot missile system has cost us hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. It started under Ronald Reagan, called the Strategic Defense Initiative. It was mocked by the same Democrats who mock everything. That's why there's some concern that you can't just put these systems in the Ukraine. That's why they're in NATO outside Ukraine. But there's many, many things we can do in Ukraine that we are simply not doing in Ukraine. In terms of military armaments and equipment. And it just frustrates the hell out of me. Actually lose sleep over this. Do you lose sleep over this, Mr. Producer? It, it is, isn't it? I actually lose sleep over this. Knowing that this hor- horrendous activity is going on. And that we're not doing what we can do to help these people. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Russian prosecutors over at Right Scoop threatened to arrest company leaders, seize assets of Western companies boycotting Russia over the war. Wall Street Journal, Russian prosecutors have issued warnings to Western companies in Russia, threatening to arrest corporate leaders there who criticize the government or to seize assets of companies that withdraw from the country, according to people familiar with the matter. See, this is, this is an economy that's going to implode. 
Prosecutors delivered the warnings in the past week to companies including Coca-Cola. See that Coca-Cola? The Republican legislature in Georgia looks pretty good about now, doesn't it? McDonald's, Procter & Gamble, IBM, KFC, so forth. The calls, letters, and visits included threats to sue the companies and seize assets, including trademarks, the people said. Gee, I want to do business in Russia. Don't you? The warnings have prompted at least one of the targeted companies to limit communications between its Russian business and the rest of the company. You got to love these corporatists, how they cower. Now, these are the same companies that are doing enormous amount of business with communist China. This is why communist China has to figure out what it wants to do. But I think they're going to help Russia no matter what. You want to know why? Because most of our corporatists are unpatriotic. They all back the Marxist Black Lives Matter movement. Many of them gave them money. Many of them even backed Bernie Sanders, the, uh, the Trotsky wing of the American Marxist movement. Many of them are part of this critical race theory, even though many of them are of the transparent variety. I mean skin color, transparent. You can actually see the blue blood flowing through their veins. It's really remarkable. Mr. Putin endorsed a plan floated last week by a senior member of his dominant United Russia Party to nationalize the operations of Western companies exiting the country. Such a move would help prevent job losses and maintain Russia's ability to produce goods domestically, said Andrei Turchat. This is why the communist regimes always fail unless they adopt some form of uh, capitalism. Some form of not free market capitalism, but state capitalism. Because what member of the Communist Party knows how to make French fries, Mr. Producer? Or a Big Mac? Washington warned against nationalization effort. Any lawless decision by Russia to seize the assets of these companies will ultimately result in even more economic pain for Russia and might invite legal action, said Pasaki, and I'm sure they're very scared of that. Legal action? Oh, no! Legal action. But the greatest harm that Biden has done in this respect is twofold. Number one, he refuses to arm the Ukrainians. And then as I think about this, what do you expect? He surrendered to the Afghans. We have 9,000, that is to the Taliban rather. We have 9,000 American citizens left behind Taliban lines, and nobody talks about it. Nobody. Our citizens are behind enemy lines. God knows what's happening, including kids. But Joe's not bothered. He gets his ice cream cone at Rehoboth Beach. He walks on the boardwalk. He and Dr. Jill having just a fantastic time. Life is flying by. He goes back to Wilmington where he gets his special shots and medicines. How do you know that, Mark? Just surmising. I don't know. What do I know? Why the hell would he keep going back there? But what do I know? Why would he, right? It's not like he's losing his mind or anything. 
And in and of itself, that's a sad thing. But you don't run for president of the United States. And the people around you don't promote you for president of the United States when they know that you're a certifiable idiot. So here we are. And of course, now we're, we're confronting Russia, China, all the rest of it. Now, you people out there, you could really contribute to the war effort. You know, in the past, contribute to the war effort meant buying war bonds, right? Or doing with less, you know, contributing metal or something like that. We could build tanks, World War II and so forth. Here, you can contribute to the war effort, they tell us, if you pony up sixty to $100,000 and buy an electric car. Now, that's how you know how much BS we're dealing with. Listen, you want to contribute to the war effort? Yes, I do. Then buy an electric car. Wait a minute. My car's 40 grand. That's 60 grand. Basic. Basic. Then I, I, you can get up to 100, 120 grand. You want a truck? It's even more. And every 300 miles, I got to charge a damn thing. And a, hey, look, you want to contribute to the war effort or not? Buy an electric car. Don't make a donation to a bond effort to raise funds for the freedom fighters in Ukraine. And that's what they are. And that's what we need to start calling them. Backbenchers on TV and radio. You ready? Start calling them the Ukrainian freedom fighters. Oh, they will. Just a matter of time. They will here. And that's okay. But you want an electric car? NewJersey.com, if you think an electric car will be your ticket to avoid spiking gas prices, or if you want to buy one because you're patriotic, well, don't count on it unless you already have one in your driveway. Ongoing supply chain issues are plaguing the makers of gas-powered and electric vehicles alike, and the war in Ukraine is adding an extra few twists to the shortages. Oh, do tell. A chip shortage has kept new and used vehicles in short supply throughout the pandemic, but now things could get worse. Said Michelle Krebs, an executive analyst for Auto Trader. Much of that comes from Russia, she said. And in Ukraine, two companies that produce half the world's supply of neon, which is used to make chips, shut down last week. Oh, well, somebody better wake up old Joe and tell him. Somebody better, better wake up Lunch Bucket and let him know. Right now, we've seen prices go up, but we are not sure about supply issues yet. Tesla CEO Elon Musk. Now, this guy's a genius. This guy's a genius. Think what you may. He's a genius. And because he's a genius, because he's a man, an incredible entrepreneur, a brilliant man, I don't know him. I never met him. But I'm just telling you. He's never invited to these White House meetings when it comes to electric vehicles. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? And you know why? His workforce is non-union. And Joe's a union guy. Ask all those unemployed union guys who used to work in the oil patch, who have now lost their jobs. Ask those unemployed truckers, union, Teamster guys, who have now lost their jobs, or their jobs have become very complicated. Oh, that Joe, he stands with us union guys. Oh, he's great. He's a union guy. No, he's not. He's an idiot. So the two companies in Ukraine that produce half the world's supply of neon, which is used to make chips, including for electric cars, they're not working. They're not functioning. Tesla CEO Elon Musk said last week that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has caused the prices of raw materials to go up. 
It raised the price of all Tesla models in the United States and China. Krebs said in Europe, Volkswagen, Audi, BMW, Mercedes are facing production problems because Ukraine has been a big source for wiring. So the automakers have suspended production of certain vehicles, including electric ones. Go get an electric car, Joe tells you. Come on now. Prices are going up. They can't get chips. They can't get electric wiring. You know what else they can't get? A metal called nickel. You want to know why? Because much of that comes out of a country you've called Ukraine. While sales of electric vehicles have been rising since the fourth quarter of 2020, it's too soon to say if the continued interest is because of gas prices or because manufacturers are offering more models for customers to choose from. Mm-hmm. Just get your electric cars. You need to be patriotic. Put more and more union and non-union men and women out of work from the oil patch. Forget about the reliability of fossil fuels. Forget about the fact that it involves more than electric cars, you know. We need petroleum for virtually everything you're looking at right now. If you're in your car, look at your dashboard and your steering wheel. Look at your belt. Look at your pants. Look at your dress. Look at the little dabble do you in your hair. Oh, look around your car. It's all petroleum. Look around your house. Look at the walls. Look at the roof. Look at the lighting fixtures. Ooh. Look at your shoes. Look at your belt. Petroleum. Look at plastic. Petroleum. Hello. Hello. It's true. Lots of petroleum. And wind and the sun are not going to replace it. Unless you want to live in the backyard in a tent. And hope for the best. Notice not a single one of these people who opposes fossil fuels can live without it. Not one of them. In fact, most of them use more than you do. Flying around the world, attacking the very fuel that allows them to fly around the world. Most of them are wealthy. May I say, this is a white-dominated ideology. May I say that, Mr. Producer? I think it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. All right, Pasaki comes under some questioning. Um, would Biden change his mind? About MiG-29s, if chemical weapons were used by Putin against the Ukrainians. Cut 11, go! 
Putin were to use chemical weapons, would it change the president's thinking when it comes to these MIGs, taking the no-fly zone off the table, but at least on this issue? I'm, I'm not going to get into a hypothetical. We, of course... Why not? Would... Why not? You keep telling the world what you won't do. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. So if you use chemical weapons, we'll use... Mi- We're not going to get into a hypothetical. How about just answer the question? It's not a hypothetical. Aren't you preparing for various scenarios? See, in the old days, it would be said, yes, if he uses chemical weapons, we're going to whack whack them by uh, giving as many MiG-29s as we could scoop up all around the world to the Ukrainians. That's called a deterrent. Hello, that's called a deterrent. Go ahead. Consequences from the global community, uh, ones that we would discuss with our Look, partners. We're going to take a vote. We're going to talk to the global community. We're going to make a decision then. And, you know, as I told you weeks ago, Biden is not leading on anything. You're also hearing this now regurgitated everywhere. The Germans are leading. The Poles are leading. It's shocking. Biden's not leading on anything. Look, we're going to see if there's a consensus. Maybe we'll have referenda in the various countries. We'll see if the, you know. Now we have Kristen Welker. That was Kristen Welker of NBC News. Back to Kristen. Cut 10, Mr. Producer. Go. Is the president showing enough strength against Putin? The president has rallied the global community. to See, the it- president has rallied the global community. And if you know Biden, you know he's quite the rallier. Ah, let's rally around that guy. Now, our enemies have rallied around Biden, actually. Whether it's the Taliban, the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran, whether it's the communist butchers in Beijing, whether it's the inbred UNA in North Korea, uh, or whether it's the fascistic Stalinist Putin in Moscow, they're all rallying around Biden, aren't they? Go ahead. A greater set of financial sanctions package than has ever been done for any economy in the world. It wouldn't have happened without his action. I just outlined for you at the top, which I think it's important to note, the crippling impact. She didn't ask you what you're doing. She answered you if you're doing enough. Now, let me just say this to you, ladies and gentlemen. The crippling impact on the Russian economy is very important. But it's not saving a single life in Ukraine. And the imposition of various penalties on various oligarchs, very important. It's not saving a single person in Ukraine. Not one. They need weapons. Weapons. Go ahead. We, the, they are where they are at this point in time. I think we all have seen reports, and we have confirmed many of them, that uh, they did not expect it to take this long. They did not expect... Uh, they didn't expect it to take this long. It has nothing to do with your financial and economic uh, penalties, which I support. And it's too bad you didn't lead on that either. I don't know. Should we buy Russian oil? I can't make up my mind. Europe's not buying it. The EU said we're not buying I don't know. I got Then Congress is going to pass a statute and say it. And then suddenly Biden says, please hold off, Democrats. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say no more Russian imports. I'll do this. But he won't stand up and support American production. This is the insanity that is Joe Biden. Go ahead. 
to not make as much progress as they have made. Uh, the steps we are taking are making it more difficult for President Putin to build and augment his military, to get access to the technology that he needs Maybe and he'll wants. just go to the Taliban and borrow some of their $85 billion of American equipment. Hmm. Or maybe I'll go to the Iranians and say, you know, that nuke, the nukes you're working on that the U.S. is going to assist you with effectively, uh, maybe we'll need some of those, too. You never know. How about building up our military, Meathead? Yes. How about that? Go ahead. It has taken steps to cripple the economy that there's no question, regardless of what Kremlin spokespeople say, it has had a dramatic impact on the economy. There's no question it has. Are you aware that they're bombing the hell out of cities in Ukraine, ma'am? Are you aware of this? Are you aware that 10% of the population of Ukraine is on the run? Are you aware of this? Are you aware that tens of thousands have been murdered? We don't have the casualty count right now. That these cities are being leveled? Are you aware of any of this? So whether the Russians are doing it slowly or not, or whether they're doing it with tanks or something, whether they're doing it. Will they be in trouble in two weeks? One can hope. Maybe they will. But how many will die by then? Have you noticed, and I mean this, the cold-bloodedness that Pasaki shows in this administration? Here at home, we have a murder rate that goes through the roof. And Biden starts talking about, oh, of course I support the police. Didn't support the cops two summers ago. But now he really supports them. How exactly? As he told his Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, they kick into gear? No. Well, what is he doing? Is he drawing the nation's attention to it? No. Murder rates through the roof. You see the brutality of these, these animals, these thugs beating up these Asian women? Did you see that? It's hard to watch that. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? That big fat slob beating on that Asian woman? If I'd been there, I would have beat the crap out of that guy. That's right, I would have. They don't believe you. Oh, well. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. That's pretty true, I'm guessing. Although most of them aren't with us anymore, is my guess as well. How would you define what a Russian invasion into NATO territory looks like, Pasaki? She's getting real questions now, which is why she can't answer them. Cut nine, go. 
How does the U.S. define a Russian incursion or invasion into NATO territory? That's a conversation we have with our NATO partners and allies. So as an example, um, there are reports that a Russian drone made its way into uh, Polish airspace before going back to Ukraine and being shot down. The Russian a drone, drone was, uh, was, was Biden flying over Poland, Mr. Producer? A human drone? Go ahead. Poland count as an invasion into well, Russia. Again, uh, Alicia, what happens here, it's not that NATO countries just respond on their own. If there no. is uh, a, a, an attack or an, uh, that, that is considered by, uh, by NATO leadership and by NATO countries yeah. to, be, yeah. uh, to, yeah. to meet that, that bar, then mm-hmm. there's a discussion mm-hmm. among, among NATO partners about how to respond. Yeah. But it's not in anyone's interest to get into an escalatory war with Russia. No, no, we don't want escalation. No, no, no. No, no, no. Just because uh, 190,000 of their troops are in Ukraine and they're blowing up their cities and slaughtering their citizens, now threatening Poland and other people. We don't want to escalate this. Come on. Come on, Kristen. What are you, a dummy? We don't want to escalate this here in the Biden administration. We don't want to escalate stuff with Iran. Let them have their nukes and their, uh, and their ICBM. We just want to get the hell out when our administration is over and make sure we, you know, none of this is uh, actually launched against us. I mean, come on. What's wrong with you? We don't want to escalate. We don't want it to be escalatory. We don't want an escalation. Escalate, escalatory, escalation. We can't have that. What about deterrence? Well, you know, we like to work with our NATO partners. This Macron in France, I tell you what, this guy has more good ideas. He's just something else. Macron is just unbelievable. Macron is really leading NATO. It's not Biden. It's not Biden. Don't be confused. It's not Biden. Biden's not leading anything. Is he going to be at Camp David this weekend? With his, uh, with his wife, Matilda, I mean, uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Biden? Oh, yes, Dr. Biden. What kind of a doctor are you, Dr. Biden? Education. Oh, education. And uh, what, what kind of places have you taught at, Dr. Biden? Well, I'm sort of an adjunct at a community college. Okay, nothing wrong with that, Dr. Biden. You're really the smartest of the Bidens, aren't you? Yes, I am. Where is she, by the way? Where is Dr. Biden, Mr. Producer? In fact, where's Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden milked Ukraine for everything he could. And it was Trump, you see, Trump. We have to impeach Trump. That, that phone call, for God's sakes, was unbelievable. What was the problem? You know, he was threatening them. You want arms? You're going to... No, no, he gave them arms. It was Biden who wouldn't give them arms. No, you don't understand. That one word in that transcript, look, we know it's true. No, we don't, actually. We don't have any sense of it. So there she is, some more Pasaki. She's asked about things you would predict she'd be asked about, like gas prices. Cut 12, go. American families are preparing for summer vacations right now. It's often require travel by yeah. car long distances. Um, what kind of guidance does the White House have? I mean, should they expect or plan for four-hour gasoline? Yes, I, I would say to the people who want to drive this summer, 
Don't drive. Wear masks and make sure you're vaccinated. That's all. Stay at home. Stay at home. Stay inside. Try not to socialize. Oh, wait a minute. That's the script from last year. You want to drive? We're trying to get rid of the automobile and fossil fuels. Just take the subway system. Well, it's not safe in New York. We're getting the crap beaten out of us and so forth. People being pushed on. Listen. Then get an electric car. Listen, I can't afford an electric car. You know, sixty, eighty, one hundred twelve thousand dollars. And by the way, you can't get. Hey, I'm giving you options: subway, get an electric car. Does your thumb work? What do you mean? Does my thumb work? Well, just go out on the street, use your thumb, and see if you can hitchhike. Well, that's not. That's that's kind of dangerous. But we recommend this in the Biden administration in our human infrastructure program. It's called carpooling. Go on the street. If the thumb doesn't work, show a little ankle. What? Oh, yeah. Cars will stop for ankle. Or in some cases, like Hillary Kenkel. Right, Mr. Producer? I would never say such a thing. Uh... Continue, please. Cut 12. I know you guys are concerned about the price, but is there a sense of urgency to get something done before the summer months, which are really critical for a number of reasons for driving? Sure. Yes, yes, we have put pressure on the Saudis and the Venezuelans, of course. And uh, we've put pressure on the oil companies. We've given them 9,000 leases, yes, but you haven't given them thousands and thousands of of licenses to drill. Hey, who are you in the back? You work for the oil companies? You look like a white supremacist. Sit down. Plus, it's a hypothetical. And we haven't checked with our NATO allies. Go ahead. President and our national security team and our economic team are working overtime right now to to evaluate. Biden's working overtime, Mr. Producer? Nobody believes Biden's working overtime or Kamala's. Nobody believes that for two seconds. Go ahead range of domestic options uh, that that continue to be on the yes, table. Sir. We're looking at options. We are we have our teams together. We're colluding and we are speaking and we are examining and we are analyzing. That's what we do here. And we are we're reviewing, uh, we're uh, we're facilitating, we're manifesting. We're we're, we're doing uh, uh, go ahead to engage with global suppliers about... We're engaging, we are commemorating, we're commiserating, uh, we're uh, reverberating. Go ahead. Sure that the supply in the market meets the demand, thus bringing the price down. So Listen, uh, we're going to bring the supply to meet demand, bring the price down, thus don't drive this summer, we'll bring the demand down, that way the supply is up. And uh, that way, uh, the prices won't go up. And look, it's an economic fact, and we've discussed this. Our, our economic team, our national security team, our LGBTQ equity team, we've, all our teams have discussed this. And what we've discussed and concluded is, if you do not use gas, it's inexpensive. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark 
I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. I want to salute Anonymous. No, not the buffoon that wrote for the New York Slimes. Some mid-level, know-nothing, do-nothing. Anonymous, the hackers, have been slamming away at the Russian government. I want to thank you. But I also want to thank the hackers in Belarus, as written here at FastCompany.com, who are complicating Putin's Ukraine invasion, they wrote. A group of techies turned hackers called the Cyber Partisans are targeting railways carrying Russian troops and exposing a brutal Belarusian regime as thousands of civilians risk their lives, writes Alec Pasternak, to resist a Russian onslaught, a global group of cyber guerrillas have joined the fray too. They've disabled Kremlin-backed websites, leaked personal data, exposed disinformation, hijacked TV signals, even hobbled infrastructure. One early and ongoing attack launched in January disabled the internal systems of a train network in Belarus, a country of 9 million people that sandwiched between Russia and Ukraine has long been under the Kremlin's grip. During the Ukraine war, Belarus has become a staging ground for airstrikes and tens of thousands of Russian troops. There's speculation that the Kremlin has enlisted the help of the Belarusian military, too. The head of Belarus is another thug and mass murderer. Uh, he did not win re-election. But he claimed to, and uh, Putin installed him and has protected him. The railway attacks, which reportedly ruined digital, re- digital reservations and scheduling possibly hobbled Russian troops' ability to move through the country, was the work of the cyber partisans, a group of tech industry veterans from Belarus trying to tear down the country's regime from their keyboards. As Russian troops prepared to enter Ukraine from Belarus, the hackers decided to target one of Putin's key networks. To move anything, including rocket launchers and solarium, they need the railways, the cyber partisan spokesperson said. People are used to doing everything using computers and different systems, and now they've had to do everything on paper, like building and creating train schedules, and not many know how to do this. Part of an umbrella coalition called Suprative, or Suprative, The cyber partisans emerged in 2020 following a series of crackdowns or protests that emerged in response to the fraudulent re-election of Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus's long-standing Soviet-style president. Lukashenko's government has arrested and tortured scores of political opponents and journalists, shut down civil rights organizations, and criminalized protests as extremism. 
Tens of thousands of protesters have been detained, according to a new U.N. report. The cyber partisans have railed against Lukashenko and his regime, and not just by defacing government websites. Last year, they gained access to a bounty of internal government and police files. They've assembled a database of official abuses that could prove useful for assembling cases against the Belarusian regime. Last year, journalists used some of the data to calculate the true impact of COVID-19 pandemic on Belarus. Whatever impact these cyber partisans may have, they could also provoke Russia and its allies, well-armed hackers. This is amazing to me. The media and others, how frightened they are. I want to congratulate these cyber partisans. I want to congratulate Anonymous. I want to congratulate any of the internet sleuths and the internet hackers who will do damage to Russia and their war machine. It's about damn time. China's been doing it to us. Russia's been doing it to us. Iran's been doing it to us. Even North Korea. And I don't feel like we hit hard. And we don't hit back. So if Biden's not going to do it, and Austin and Millie aren't going to do it, and Blinken aren't going to do it, then we have to rely on these third parties to do it. And I'm all for it. All for it. Russia's presence in Belarus has forced the cyber partisans to take more security precautions. But they remain undeterred. Now about 35 people large, the group said recently on Telegram, that it plans to increase its staff by tenfold in order to carry out large-scale attacks not once a month but every time, several times a week. Since the railway attacks, its Telegram channel has ballooned over 62,000 followers who have offered assistance and encouragement. Well, let me be among them to offer encouragement to my 14.5 million radio listeners. This is a cyber war as much as it is a war in so many other respects. Take it to them. Take them down. And God bless you all. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, our phone system is out, not by hackers. It's just that we don't know how to do a phone system, do we, Mr. Producer? AT&T or whatever. And um, we had a great guest lined up. We're going to still try and get her. At about 8.20, Lauren Boebert, a member of the House of Representatives from Colorado. I have great respect for her. The media try and turn her into a clownish figure. They try to turn her into a controversial figure. No, I don't think so. That would be Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, the, uh, the Five Stooges, the, uh, the Leninists within their party. What's the bald one's name? I forget her name. Presley. I understand she has some issue there. That's why I, I don't know what's going on there, to be perfectly honest with you. Look, I'm not against it. Look at me. I used to have a full head of hair. I don't have it anymore. And you know what? You save a lot of money on shampoo. Now, you still have the shampoo, but you just don't need as much, of course. You save a lot of money on haircuts. It is what it is. God's been good to me. But um, I'm hoping we'll get our phones back together and we can have her on the program. The U.S. producer prices, that is the cost of producing stuff, climbed 10% in February from a year ago. Now, ladies and gentlemen, climbed 10%. Now, this is under the new equation that they use. New, it's, it's not new, but when Jimmy Carter came in office, they adjusted it to make it harder for the government to look bad. So if it's 10%, it's at least 15%. We have rampant inflation in this country now. That's why there's shortages. We have rampant inflation. The value of our money is decreasing as the price of goods are going up. Inflation is an enormously dangerous attack on our domestic economic system, which is why... So few people were talking about it a year ago, but I kept hammering away on it. That these Democrats and their spending, and the Republicans, some of them, were going to create a disastrous inflationary situation. And this isn't some uh, stale discussion we're having. This affects people's lives. It affects your life. And so the inflation rate keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. So much so that this Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury and other buffoon she said you can expect this and more in the coming year so the economic team the national security team and the lgbtq equity team at the white house got together and they said how do we deflect attention from this blame putin not the democrat party not their spend in fact they're all out there the dumbest among them including pelosi Like I said, the dumbest among them. And they're telling you if we would only spend more money, we could get this under control. The insanity of the Democrat Party and their elderly leadership is really incredible. Incredible. So here we have this piece. Wholesale inflation in the United States shot up 10% last month. Now what does that mean? 
Okay, wholesale. That means the guy who makes things or the guy who first gets the things and then sells it to the retailer, whether it's Amazon or the warehouse stores or the small retailers, and then they mark it up. So it's going to go up higher than 10%. That's why you're seeing meat in the grocery store and bread going way up. Milk, all the basics. All the basics. They're all going up. The price of fuel is going way up. So packaging, air conditioning, freezing of foods, trucking the stuff across country, all the rest, going up. And we're now on this conveyor belt. We're now on this conveyor belt. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, you see? Why would you exclude food and energy prices? Don't people eat? Last week, the government reported the surging gas, food, and housing costs pushed consumer prices up 7.9% in February from a year earlier, the sharpest spike in 40 years. That's 1982 when Reagan had to tackle the Carter economy. But then again, I assume back then it was the Brezhnev economy. Inflation, dormant for 40 years, reemerged last year as the United States rebounded with unexpected speed. Now, here come the media propaganda. From, the, from 2020, short but devastating coronavirus recession. Caught off guard, companies scrambled to find supplies and workers to Tensions over Ukraine have also only pushed commodity prices higher. Not a word about spending. Not a word about Congress. Not a word about the Democrats. Not one word. Can you imagine? You print more money, and you print trillions and trillions of dollars. This is what you get. Now, what else is going to happen on top of this? Interest rates are going up. Interest rates are going up. Inflation's going up. The value of the dollar's going down. Interest rates are going to have to go up considerably to try and get inflation under control. That's what Reagan had to do in the early 80s, 40 years ago, to get the Carter disastrous economy under control. And during that period, people suffer, and they suffer a lot. Because otherwise, you have deflation, which absolutely destroys a country. The bottom falls out. Everything is valueless. People become paupers and impoverished. They barter. That's the disaster you want to avoid. That brings down the law, the civil society, the government, everything. Everything. And so this article does a great disservice. The Associated Depressed, of course, is controlled by leftists. But if they wrote the truth, they would tell you that this isn't because of the virus. This is the excuse they use. This isn't because of Putin, who is a disgusting monster, but that has nothing to do with it. Maybe some minimal fraction of it. No, it's the Democrat Party. They did this with the help of rhinos. You remember these two infrastructure bills? The first one, we had 19 Republican senators vote for that. Remember that? Oh, we got bipartisanship going on here. We got the Republican leader of the Senate, Mealy Mouth Mitch. I think that's what we'll call him now, Mr. Producer. Mealy Mouth Mitch voted for it, as did the other rhinos within the Republican Party. And they spent 
over a trillion dollars. They had all kinds of schemes and arguments for why it was necessary to counter the Democrat. Our buddy Lindsey Graham did too. Oh yeah, we got all kinds of reasons to do this and maybe we can get Manchin to do this, that and stand on his head and clap with his feet. And, you know, All this stuff, they had all kinds of plans. You had bipartisan, disastrous spending. Remember about 9% of that bill actually went to infrastructure. About 9%. We have a very strange situation when it comes to our Democrat Party friends. They don't want you in cars, but they want to build more roads. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? We want more roads, more bridges, and more tunnels, and less cars. What? More roads, less bridges. Excuse me. More roads, more bridges, more tunnels, and less cars. Even less electric cars. They want public transportation, which I hate. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Sit next to a guy that doesn't shower. You kidding me? And if the virus taught us anything, it's public transportation sucks. Why? Well, what do you think? You're like sardines on a subway. And if there aren't enough cops, you're victims on a subway. And I take nothing away from the men and women who work hard in the public transportation field. Not talking about them. Talking about the political hacks. Look, we got to get off fossil fuels. So we want public transport. Okay. Meanwhile, we need new highways, new roads, new bridges. We need new tunnels. We need more infrastructure. What the hell are you talking about? Less cars, more roads? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Representative Lauren Boebert, we've never had her on this show, is a representative from Colorado, a citizen legislator, if you will. How are you? I am doing great, Mark. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to have you. I notice that if you're rock rib conservative, that if you don't play the game in Washington, D.C., they try and create a niche for you, like there's something wrong with you. Uh, now, yeah. you could be a Marxist out of Manhattan. That's okay. You can be a, a, a left-wing hack out of San Francisco. But if you're a rock rib conservative out of Colorado, they try and, and create a caricature of you. How have you dealt with this? Uh, you know, Mark, I, I deal with this by uh, standing up for what I was sent here to do and going back home to my district and, and talking to the people who sent me here to be their voice and knowing that they have my back at home. Uh, it, it keeps me in this fight, and it's certainly nothing any uh, crazy liberal is going to say about me is going to deter me from trying to save this nation. Mark, I have four boys, and I do not want my boys to live in AOC's socialist nation. So I came to Congress 
to, uh, to, to walk the walk instead of just sit at home and complain about what's going on and actually put my hand to do something about it. And as, as a mother of four boys, I'm, I'm raising them to be men. Liberals teach them to be women. And I, I got to make sure that we turn this country around uh, while we still have a chance. So they could say whatever they want. You know, they have folks on their side who sleep with Chinese spies and on the intelligence committee and marry their brothers to, to come to our country and, you know, I, all this crazy stuff and, and just want to uh, spend us into oblivion. But I, I'm here with a purpose. I see the vision that our founding fathers had for our country and how far we've gone from that. I've seen so many people say one thing on the campaign trail and then get to where we send them and do another. They overtax, overregulate, overspend and destroy everything that we are trying to build at home. The, instead of securing our rights and freedoms, they give it away. And so I was tired of that junk. And so I came to Washington, D.C. to make a difference. Now, I imagine the Republican Party in your district or in your state wasn't all that excited about sort of a citizen <laughs> deciding to take on the party and so forth. How did that go? Give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. Sure. So I, uh, I own a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. So I was just a, a mother of four. Wait a minute. There's a, a town called owner. Rifle? I love that. The, on, the only city in America named after a gun. And my restaurant, Mark, is Shooter's Grill. All of the wow. waitresses open carry firearms there. Uh, so it's, it's a fun little place. If you're ever driving through Rifle, Colorado, stop, stop in and see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 was, I was there, uh, had my restaurant, had my boys. Uh, I don't have a formal education. I, I left high school to start my family and uh, took, a, took a job at McDonald's and learned I could do a better job taking care of myself than government ever did. Uh, grew up on welfare, and I tell you, that is uh, a, a pit that they want you to be stuck in. It's a cycle of mm-hmm. poverty that they want people trapped in. And so I, I've stood in those bread lines and waited for government cheese, and it is not America's best. That is not the American dream. Uh, but I, I went on to uh, get my GED and decided I wanted to do something for my country to, to turn this around and, and try to get us back on the right track. So I, t- I primaried a five-term Republican incumbent, and it was the first time in 48 years that an incumbent lost a primary in Colorado. I was outspent 10 to 1. He had a million dollars. I had about 100000 and I won by 10 points uh, because wow. I, I was actually speaking the language of, of the voters, of the people who felt so underrepresented. That's amazing. So you probably had a groundswell of grassroots supporters, right? Absolutely. I, I love I love my supporters so much. The, the voters there in Colorado 3rd District, uh, they really are unmatched throughout the country. There was so much support. It was tangible everywhere that we went. And there was such a, an effort and a desire to be in this together. Um, and so that's why we saw the victory that we did. And, uh, of course, now you have those same establishment people that were in there before, who are wanting to come up against me. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they don't like that we're actually doing what we promised to do. I ran as a conservative. I was elected as a conservative. And I have a voting record now to prove that I am a conservative. 100% score with all of these great organizations, Susan's the, the Anthony's List, Gun Owners of America, Freedom Works, Conservative Review, and, and so on and so on. And, uh, you know, Mark, I do have one zero percent rating uh, that I did have to go back home and tell my voters I I have a zero percent here, but it's from Planned Parenthood and they can go fund (laughs) themselves. (laughs) So uh, but but, you know, so now we have some establishment folks who want to primary me. But, uh, you know, I I work a lot in my district. I spend a lot of time with my people and uh, I I think we're going to do really good. And, you know, if anybody wants to get involved with that, it's LaurenForFreedom.com. We certainly appreciate all the help that we can get and making sure that we continue this fight. LaurenForFreedom.com. Well, you sure have my endorsement. You sure have my support. Uh, I, 
You know, it's a funny thing. We hear about, we want independent women, women who think for themselves, women who will fight for a cause, as long as you're fighting for the left. If you mm-hmm. fight for conservatism and individual lib- independ- individualism and liberty and so forth, then they want you to shut up. And uh, let right. me ask you a question. Do you ever bump into Nancy Pelosi? she ever say anything to you, anything like that? I always ask members who come on. Well, it's really funny that you ask that um, after after your statement, because you say, you know, they want women to be involved unless it's not putting forward their agenda. And then they tell you to shut up. Well, Mark, Nancy Pelosi literally told me to shut up a couple of weeks ago because I spoke out at the State of the Union for 13 of our heroes, of our best men and women who lost their lives unnecessarily in Afghanistan, and Joe Biden was going to completely ignore them at the State of the Mm -hmm. Union. And uh, because I spoke up, they were not ignored. Uh, The media would have given him a free pass, and Jen Psaki would have said he didn't have time. Mark, we know that he doesn't have time for those 13 heroes. We knew that when they came home to Dover and he was checking his watch. We already know he doesn't have time for them. He, he has said that he makes no apology for what happened and that it was an extraordinary success. Uh, so uh, my encounters with Nancy Pelosi, well, she says I'm the enemy within, and she's also told me to shut up. But I ain't shutting up. Boy, oh, boy. Um, how do you get along with or how do they get along with you, the Republican leadership? Well, we're in the minority. So uh, I I am a member of the House Freedom Caucus. And uh, for me, it's not necessarily who's in leadership. It's who's leading on the issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was elected by my peers to be on the board of directors for the Freedom Caucus. And it's amazing. This is a group that actually debates the constitutionality of everything that we do. Uh, in fact, we have a, a floor action response team that is, is down on the floor um, making sure that members are actually voting on, on bills that are being passed in the House. Otherwise, uh, we would have suspension bills where 10, 20, 30, 40 bills get passed by uh, unanimous consent because no one's... Uh-oh. We lost her, Mr. Producer. Let's try and get her back. I find her intriguing, really smart. We're going to try and get Lauren Boebert back from Colorado, representative from Colorado. Um, You can tell she is very solid. I like this lady. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Mark Levin Show, live. And national at 877-381-3811. Our guest, who we lost but is back, Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado. So, Representative Hi, Boebert, Mark, let I me ask. I was lost, yeah. now I'm found. Lost and found, that's right. Now we have Thank a lousy Lord. phone system, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Anyway, yes, uh, what is your take? You see a Russian invades Ukraine. Um, so, of course, Biden won't open up our mm-hmm. oil wells and so forth and so on. What, what is your take on all of this? 
Well, Putin has certainly been emboldened by Joe Biden's destructive policies and and truly weak leadership. We have a commander in chief who is in command of nothing. Uh, And by killing the Keystone Pipeline on day one and lifting sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 last May, Biden has allowed Russia to weaponize its energy on the world stage. Uh, Dangerously, Europe is now dependent on Russia for 40 percent of its natural gas. This is uh, it's really tone deaf. Uh, This presidency has continued to uh, its trillion dollar spending spree and inflation has soared to a 40 year high. But I I truly believe that the primary uh, reason we are dealing with this international crisis is 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 what I alluded to in the beginning there, that uh, this is Joe Biden's weakness, his surrender to the terrorists in Afghanistan uh, is absolutely causing this international crisis now. We left our military equipment, 13 of our best men and women. We left American pride behind in Afghanistan. And I think that that's a, uh, that's a major reason why we are dealing with this today. Russia has invaded a new territory under every single American president in the 21st century, except for President Donald Trump. And that's because he was a strong leader who made it very clear that he wasn't afraid of international bullies. So many people said, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he tweets. I don't like his personality. Well, all of that kept us out of this crap right here. So I'll take mean Mm -hmm. tweets over what we're seeing any day. But Mark, if we want to deter Russia, Russia aggression, then uh, the first place we should start is with this weak White House and getting them to grow a real backbone. Joe Biden, the Democrats just passed a fake ban on Russian oil that doesn't go into effect for 45 days. Do you think that the people of Ukraine can afford another 45 days of America buying Russian oil? I, I, don't, I don't think so. And then, and you know, Mark, my mom always told me nothing good happens after 10 p.m. And so certainly nothing good comes after midnight. And uh, mm-hmm. just last week, Nancy Pelosi, uh, after midnight, she released a $1.5 trillion uh, bill, uh, this, this spending bill. And uh, it, it's, it's complete virtue signaling. There's all this pork, there's all this junk. I think it's $1.6 billion going to gender studies in other countries and all this other stuff. Uh, but, uh, but in there was this aid to Ukraine. And uh, and and this got everyone else to come on board and and vote for this. Um, But she she along with that, um, she she passed this fake Russian oil ban. And uh, when this came up, you know, it sounds really great. We're going to suspend energy imports from Russia. Yes, of course, we want to do that. We we, want to be energy independent right here. And, And we certainly want uh, we don't want it from other bad actors like Iran and Venezuela, but her bill uh, allows that. And, uh, you know, this this Russian oil ban doesn't take effect for 45 days. We don't Ridiculous. know what's going to happen in 45 days. Uh, so we're going to fund both sides of this. We are going to bankrupt our country and we're going to give aid to Ukraine and we're going to ban Russian oil maybe in 45 days. Because, you know, Mark, there's also waivers in there that Joe Biden can still do whatever he wants and Maybe there's no sanctions on oil and gas. Uh, That's what these waivers allow. So um, I introduced uh, my Ukraine Assistance and American Energy Acceleration Act. And this includes humanitarian and lethal aid to Ukraine. And it truly bans Russian energy and gets America energy dominated again. It ramps up our energy production right here in America uh, there are many things that we do to reauthorize the Keystone XL pipeline, overturn the Biden moratoriums on energy leases and federal lands and waters, 
and immediately resume all oil and natural gas leasing. It expedites uh, approvals for natural gas and inter- interstate pipelines and so on and so on. Uh, and there's, uh, there's actual substance here that we can get behind. But um, too many um, people were afraid of attack ads or, or just wanted to say that they did something. And so we mm-hmm. passed this junk that Nancy Pelosi put forward, her 2,700-page bill that she released a text after midnight, had 22 hours to vote on it. And, and you know, this is the kind of junk that we're dealing with right here in Washington, D.C. While all of this is taking place in, in Ukraine uh, with Russia, uh, wh- what are we doing here? We're, we're not doing anything. We're virtue signaling. None of this legislation actually solves the issues. It's not actually lowering gas prices. In fact, Mark, do you know what we're going to vote on here today or uh, this week in Congress? We're, we're all back in Congress. We're in session. Do you, you know what our focus is? We're, I we are think going on to the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we are going to focus uh, and spend legislative time on a hair discrimination bill. And this a is what? actually the second a, a hair dim- uh, discrimination bill, an anti-discrimination bill on hair. Yes. I, I well, now, think hold it's on already a second. illegal. <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on a second. I can get behind that depending on what it says, you know. Well, you have to, I think you have to have hair. Oh, well, see, that's not that's fair. Not, it, it, it's, it's a texture. It's a texture. Oh, um, right. But no, but it, it's already illegal for for business owners to discriminate against employees. And now we're going to take oh, good a Lord. second legislative day to, to do this. Well, 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 all hell is breaking loose over in Ukraine. And uh, Americans are sitting at home wondering how they're going to pay their bills here. While we have an open border, uh, mm-hmm. the southern part of our country, with 2 million illegal aliens pouring in, the cartel running Texas, we have unaccompanied minors, we have enough fentanyl coming into our country to kill every American at least seven times over, and we are debating hair in mm-hmm. Congress. Goodness. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's funny, uh, Mark, I was, I was in a church service. Um, yesterday, and I, I told everyone, I said, I want you to look to your neighbor, and I want you to say to them, by the authority of God's word, you are not my problem. And I think that's just <laughs> how we need to do Congress. <laughs> you are not my problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, uh, it, it's really frustrating to get here and, and want to solve problems and be a part of the solution and, and then not have anything go forward. So uh, we, we need to be energy independent right here in America. Stop funding Putin's war. Um, actually provide real assistance, real aid, both humanitarian and lethal, to uh, Ukraine. And, and and take care of what's going on in our country, uh, mm-hmm. for goodness sake. I, there, are, there are steps we can take to fix this, and they are being completely ignored, and, and it's almost almost like there's an agenda to just destroy it all Mm -hmm. listen you're terrific and if people want to help you again what's your website mark that's laurenforfreedom.com and truly those those five dollar donations those ten dollar donations that come in make a world of difference uh you know it's really expensive to get out on um, on, on the TV and district and, and on radio and get mailers out and to communicate to people to get them out to vote. So those dollars absolutely matter and, and are so very much appreciative. I have a very massive district. I represent uh, the western part of Colorado, almost half the state, and mm. I, I drive every bit of it. And uh, just this past weekend, I put over um, 2,000 miles on a car uh, driving throughout the district, meeting with folks. And, you know, and so that, that absolutely helps. So laurenforfreedom.com. 
I, I would be so grateful for your listeners to partner with me and, and help me redirect this country. Uh, I, I, I do believe that we will see a victory. We will see uh, God's glory. We will see his blessing and his promise. And I'm just so excited for the things to come. You're terrific. Lauren Bobert, Colorado. It's Say it again, the website. LaurenForFreedom.com, and that's F-O-R. LaurenForFreedom.com. LaurenForFreedom.com, folks. Let's help her out. And I have some really cool merchandise on there, too. So you can buy shirts, hats, mugs. I do. I got some fun stuff there that that we have launched. So check out my merchandise. Check out my shirt. Get a Drill Baby Drill mug, and uh, and then maybe a Hillary Clinton Lock Her Up (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Thank you very, very much. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, Mark. Thanks so much. All right, take care. It was my wife, Julie, who first said, that young lady there, she's a real pistol. And she is. And I wish we had a hundred like her. Don't you, Mr. Producer? I mean, she is, uh, you know, you look at Lynn Cheney, you think, oh, God. This young lady is very energetic. She really enjoys what she's doing. She's a fighter. I like her. And we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, the insanity of the Democrat Party, where they actually want you to believe if they spend more, the lower inflation. I mean, folks. Now, that's the stupid party. Here's Nancy Pelosi at a press conference yesterday. Cut 13, go. We have to live in a year where even though the bill's for 10 years, they measure it for 20 years. And the imprimatur said a trillion dollars over 20 years is saved. So when we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. Government spending reduces the national debt. And the media don't mock her, make fun of her lack of intelligence, her economic illiteracy. It's really quite remarkable, ladies and gentlemen, but she's backed up by Pete Buttigieg. He agrees with her. CNBC, cut 14, go. Can you somehow uh, give me the logic? Uh, does the administration, do you feel that, that that's a, an accurate statement? And, and how do you, uh, how does that work? How, how would you make that statement in a, in a logical way? Well, I mean, first of all, if you look at our fiscal policy, it is true. And amazingly, uh, a lot of people don't even know this, that the deficit has gone down uh, and and down by a a remarkable amount. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the sooner we sweep this government of these fools, the better. The better. The extent of the lying is just unbelievable here. They don't even want to be judged on their on their agenda. They want to be judged on an agenda of lies. So increased spending reduces the debt. And the deficit has gone down. Now if I have to waste five minutes of my life, I can already explain to you what he's talking about. 
Because when they were spending money last year, the deficit went up. So the deficit compared to last year has gone down. So what? It's a record. Historic highs. And that's not the base year. The base year of the pandemic. And one question they're not asked is, how many hundreds of billions of dollars have been pissed away? May I use that word, away? I think I will. Pissed away. Hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds of billions of dollars. I'm surprised they didn't say, yes, there's a debt and it's Putin's fault. Or the virus. Senator Rand Paul, a hearing today, introduces an amendment to eliminate Fauci's job. No, 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 you can't do that. What will he do? Certainly can't practice medicine. Cut 16, go. The one thing that's remained the same over all this time is Dr. Fauci at the head of the most powerful institute at NIH. The emails that have been revealed show him to be a petty, partisan politician who's not above taking down his scientific enemies, not above having an enemies list. This is someone who really seriously needs to be separated from government. My amendment will make sure that no one person can hold that job for generations with no accountability. It divides the NIAID into three different institutes, one for allergic diseases, one for infectious diseases, and one for immunologic diseases. This aligns with their current mission to better understand, treat, and ultimately prevent these types of diseases. The directors of the three new institutes will be appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate, and serve for five-year terms, but they can be reappointed. This will provide the accountability that's sorely lacking at the NIH today. I think that's a great idea. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? That's a great idea. Well, because the Democrats like these long-in-the-tooth entrenched bureaucrats. Why? Because of the politics. Fauci was advancing their politics, their tyranny, empowering these Democrat governors. Remember, he he thought that Cuomo was doing a fantastic job, and DeSantis was not. He got it exactly wrong. Exactly wrong. I was at a diner this morning. There's a young lady. She's, you know, waiting on me a little bit, and she said to me, I got to know her, and I said, "What, what, what do you... What were you before this? She said, I worked at the local hospital. I said, what happened? She said, I refused to get vaccinated. She said, I got the virus twice, and they insisted that I get vaccinated. That's the insanity, folks. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, and the Ukrainian freedom fighters. God bless each and every one of you. 